0: hello welcome to the love well podcast I hope that you are doing well today um, it's week seven million two hundred and fifty three thousand four hundred and sixty two of uh, the stay-at-home order and uh, so uh, yeah hope everybody's hanging in okay and uh, you know as we as we dive into this week's episode I uh, just want to uh, kind of make a couple of quick announcements. Uh, first thing is um, you can check out uh, our pod- podcast that I host with my buddy Mike, uh, called the Simple Theologian Podcast. We encourage you to to check that out, and um, you can find the Simple Theologian Podcast anywhere uh, that you download podcasts. So uh, feel free to to check that out. Um, And I also want to encourage you to come out to Doubt on Tap, Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock. You can find all of that information at facebook.com slash simpletheologian. Also a conversation hosted by Mike and I. Um, And uh, the next few weeks I will probably not be around as we are... Uh, transitioning our son to his next stage of life, uh, which is really fun and exciting, Um, but that'll change my schedule up a bit. And uh, so Tuesday night's 8 o'clock, down on tap. Find all that information at facebook.com slash simple theologian. Um, If you want to follow along with uh, everything that I am writing uh, recording all that kind of stuff. Uh, head over to Danielmrose.com and subscribe to Love Well uh, on my Substack. It is free, and uh, you will get somewhere between five and six emails each week with new content. Uh, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, you find that that helpful. Uh, if you want to connect with me further, continue the conversation. Do so uh, on Twitter. You can follow me at Danielmrose. And the archive of today's uh, conversation uh, will be at youtube.com slash Daniel Rose. I'll be turning this into an audio podcast as well. Uh, And you can subscribe to the Love Well podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So uh, please do that. But the easiest way uh, to get the podcast is by heading over to danielmrose.com and subscribing there. That's definitely, definitely the easiest uh, thing to do. So, uh, this week um, we are starting a new podcast series, and I've been thinking about it for for a bit. Um, hopefully, you will find. I don't know, hopefully, you'll find the next few weeks helpful. Um, this is uh, this is something this particular topic is one that's uh, near and dear to my heart I don't know maybe because of um, maybe because of my time on staff with crew and uh, leadership is such an important thing uh, that that they spent time working with us and training us. Um, I've been around some great leaders and uh, so so what I wanted to do is spend the next few weeks talking about, uh, leadership, and this week's or this this series is called Leading with Grace, and uh, we are going to spend the next four weeks looking at four different words that, over the years, have become uh, probably my core principles um, for uh, for leadership, and uh, this this week uh, is humility. Now. Before we dive into dive into the to humility, part of the reason that, that I want to spend some time talking through leadership is uh, because we're living in a time right now where leadership is more necessary than ever, and uh, there are a lot of conversations going on around this topic and what is good leadership, what is bad leadership, what um, what 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 does it mean to lead? and to lead well and the answers that I keep seeing um, aren't really principle-based the answers that I keep seeing look more like uh, what does it mean to be a good manager as opposed to a good leader and there's a pretty significant difference managers uh, do the right things and uh, leaders do things right and there's there is there's a really big difference there Um, if you are if you're just doing the right things then you constantly need a flow of people telling you what the right things are to do now when you are seeking to do things right uh, you have you have to come at that from a principled position you you have to you have to engage uh, life, you have to engage situations from a deeper place. because when you are doing things right, um, you' you're not just reacting or responding to situations, but you are really trying to look at what's coming, where where the road is heading. and, and you're, you're trying to you're trying to figure out, uh, before before the moment happens, how you're going to lead through it. And uh, in on some of the teams that I've served on, uh, one of the one of the things that we talked about were big L leaders and little L leaders. And the difference between the big L leader and the little L leader is uh, is that the, the person who's kind of a big L leader is one who, one who has the ability to see what's going on and can project into the future a little bit, uh, the roadblocks, the barriers, and uh, and also and also the hopes and dreams and vision and all the potential good that that is before us, and in what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing in regards to leadership right now, uh, in so many areas. Uh, are a lot of little old leaders, a lot of people who are just reacting and responding to situations that that have very little vision, that have uh, very little a uh, picture of where they want to go. they don't have they don't seem to have much of a plan and uh, and because of that everything's everything's just reactionary. And the problem with being reactionary all the time is, is that it really hinders your ability to love well? You see, to love to love well in the midst of leadership uh, requires that you know where you're going. It requires you to, to have a vision, a picture, an end, a goal um, that you are that you are chasing down. And and if you don't know where you want to go, it is very difficult to get there. And and so as we look. As we look out into, uh, as we look out into our world, we see a lot of people who have uh, big platforms, who have big titles, who have no, no idea of where they're trying to go, and uh, and as a result, uh, they're, they they're not taking us anywhere. So so leadership. Leading with grace. What, it, what does it look like for us uh, to lead with grace? What does this mean? Um, well, I think there are four, for me, there have become four, four driving principles uh, for, for leadership and, and leading in grace. Humility, integrity, community, and presence. These four things, uh, more than anything else, uh, have become, have begun to shape my leadership. And, and because they're principles, uh, they allow for me to, to have flexibility. They allow me to extend grace to those around me. They allow me to, uh, to, to speak truth as well. Um, principles principles give us the room we need to plan, To prepare and and also to react and respond but what principles the other thing that principles do is that they make decision making so much easier because you're you're able to filter out so many things that that are just noise right and so and so for me these these principles humility integrity community and presence Uh, allow me to filter out the noise they allow me to to kind of set aside all the competing ideas uh, issues things that things that begin to distract me and and oftentimes what happens is when I get distracted it is because I've set one or more of these principles aside Uh, it's because I've I've hidden it away uh, or I haven't chosen to engage uh, with that principle so the first this first week uh, what I want to talk about is humility humility in leadership is uh, is something that I don't know if we really think uh, enough about I think we give it a lot of lip service I, I think especially in Christian circles we wanna say we want to talk about being humble leaders. We want to talk about humility, because we know it's important. We know that uh, that being humble, being meek, uh, are things that that are significant and central uh, to to the Christian leader. Because we have a pretty clear sense that that's that's how Jesus lived, and so we want to we want to be like him. The problem is, humility so often just becomes that. It just becomes a buzzword. It becomes this thing that. It uh, doesn't really shape us. We don't really have an idea of how how that plays out in reality. Um, we think humility uh, will, if we really leverage it, if we really embrace it, if we really make it a core principle of who we are, it'll somehow make us weak. It will somehow make us um, doormats in this world. There, there's all kinds of all kinds of things that. Uh, that lead us to, to having humility just be um, just be something that's fake that, that we don't that we don't really embrace and that we don't really uh, live into. Now, humility, uh, I think I think as I, as, as I have studied this, um, over the years, because one of my besetting issues, and for those of you that know me, I know this will surprise you, uh, but one of my one of the things that I really really got to fight against in my life is pride, and uh, and so I did a I did a pretty long study on humility, mostly just trying to get a definition of it, trying to trying to get my mind my heart around it. Um, and, and I gotta tell you, the best thing I found on, on this issue of pride and humility, uh, was in C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. His chapter on pride is, uh, it's worth the price of the book. It's just so good because, you know, so often when we think about humility, uh, we think, uh, that means that, that we need to look at ourselves as less than, that we need to you know, as a famous Christian used to say, uh, "I'm, I'm not just a dog. I'm the, and I'm not just a, a flea on the dog. No, I'm am a mite on the flick on the, I'm a mite on the flea, on the tick of the dog. Um, and it's this like belly button looking kind of, oh woe is me. I'm so pathetic. I'm so sad. I'm so weak. I'm this that. No, that's that's what we seem to think humility is. And and that, that's not it. Um, and conversely, we think pride is a puffing up. It's like, you know, I'm the man, I'm the best. That That's what we think, that's what we often think uh, pride is. And that's not it either. You see, the difference between pride and humility is that the prideful person has a false sense of who they are. The humble person has a true sense of who they are it really comes down to this issue of self-knowledge. Do, do you know who you really are? Do I know who I really am? Do I have a proper perspective of myself? That's, that's humility. Real humility is having a right understanding of self. And so what that means is uh, to be humble, You know, to, to really practice a true humility is, is understanding the things that we're good at. You know, a humble leader knows what their strengths are, and they do a lot of things to strengthen those strengths. You know, they they will sharpen they'll sharpen those things up. And again, so often in you know in, in Christian world, uh, especially Christian leadership stuff, I don't know why, uh, but it's all about finding your weaknesses and trying to shore them up. I gotta tell you, that's that's not it. That's that, that. That's not. That's not the thing. Um, understand who you are. Understand what you're good at. Understand the areas of your strengths, and make them better. Right? I mean, this. Th- this is what humility leads us to. It, it leads us to this place where uh, we are able to. We're able to say, Ah, I'm good at casting vision. So you know what you do? You get better at it. You practice it, you train in it, you develop it, you, you make that gift more. Right? You, you fan it into a flame. Maybe, maybe you're maybe you're really good at seeing the needs of people. And so what do you do? You become more, become more sensitive to that. You you, you pay closer attention, you dive deeper into it. Humility is having a right understanding of ourselves. And at the foundation of that, humility says. That we are creating the image of God, and as a result, we have great value. This is the that, that is the foundation of humility. Understanding that you have great value. Why? Because you've been created in the image of God. And, and the other part of humility, the kind of the, the other side of that coin, is understanding that your neighbor has great value. Understanding that those people around you have great value. Why? Because they've been creating the image of God. If we if we can if we can understand those two things, we have such a great foundation for humility. Um, so how does this play out? How does this how does this begin uh, to really to really work itself out in reality? Um, well, first we admit wrongdoing. A humble leader can admit wrongdoing. A humble leader can say, Missed it. Yup, made a mistake. Spoke wrongly. Did the wrong thing. Posted the wrong thing. Said the wrong thing. Yeah, I I missed my projection there. I I misunderstood uh, something here. Uh, The humble leader has the ability to say, these two words I'm wrong I gotta tell you learning to say those two words (laughs) it's like it can be like uh, chewing glass it's it's not fun to say I'm wrong because dude that that cuts you to your heart sometimes especially somebody who uh, is pretty self-confident. And a lot of, a lot of leaders are, are self-confident, right? Like we have a pretty good sense of, of ourselves and we think we're pretty much right most of the time. But to say, I'm wrong, whoo, 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 that, uh, that is that's just not easy. It's just not easy. And yet what happens, what happens when you can look at those around you and they all know you're wrong, I mean, it's, it's not like you're telling people something they don't know, but to look at the people around you and say, "I'm wrong." What it does is it allows it allows them to speak into your life, which is, as a leader, absolutely amazing, um, and we we'll get more to that later. Um, but what it also does is it allows, it allows them to do the same thing. It allows them to say, uh, I was wrong here. And, and what that does to your leadership community, what that does uh, to, to those that, for, for your community in general, is it begins to create a sense of trust. And a leader that has no trust, a leader who is not trusted, isn't a leader, um, because there's not going to be anybody that follows them. And so, you know, to be able to say I'm wrong, absolutely, absolutely huge. Um, the next the next way this plays out is to admit that you don't know. I've got a friend who says he's all, he, he, he strives to be the second smartest person in the room at all times. Um, and he doesn't mean that ironically. He doesn't mean that sarcastically. What he means by that is he wants to acknowledge the fact whenever he walks in the room he wants to acknowledge the reality that he doesn't know everything and that on any given topic there's probably somebody else in the room that knows more than him and so to, to admit that you don't know everything <laughs> it's it's really fun because it makes the people around you way more interesting. It makes every conversation way more fascinating because the way that you've positioned yourself in your mind, in your posture towards others, is one of learning, one of curiosity. One It puts you in a place to kind of be like, tell me more, I wanna know more. Help me understand more. Um, and, And again, if you can, saying I don't know, or posturing yourself as a second smartest person in the room, um, it's, it kind of, it does a similar thing as saying I'm wrong and that it builds trust and it allows the people around you to say, I don't know. Uh, so you begin, you're able to move past a lot of this, um, you know, fake, stuff that happens in so many leadership environments where everybody is, is kind of in the self-protective mode where they're just trying to, to keep the walls up and don't want anybody to see that they might not know something because they're afraid. And if you can begin to eliminate fear from your leadership communities, if you're, if you're able to, to eliminate that, then you're going to build trust and you are going to have people who will run after you, who will follow after you, who will go with you where you lead. Um, because they know that you're going to be honest and that you're going to be truthful and you're going to be able to say, "I don't know." The next, so admit wrongdoing, admit that, that you don't know everything. The next way that humility plays out, uh, and this is this is something that uh, that I I'm continuing to learn is is so important, um, and that is that other to admit that others are necessary. And we're going to talk more in depth about this uh, in week three when we talk about community. But the humble leader admits that he needs or she needs other people. That you you need a team. Right in Genesis chapter three. Um, you know Genesis chapter three. Jeez, Genesis chapters one and two, you see a. Um, you see God say to Adam, you know, it is not good for man to be alone, right? So uh, oftentimes we think of this only in the context of male-female relationships, and that's, and it was broader than that. Uh, We need, we need community. We need other people in our lives as leaders more than anybody. I love looking at the story of, of Moses, right? Um, one of he was he was not perfect uh, but one of the things that strikes strikes me about his story is his deep awareness of his need for some other people in his life. He needed his brother and sister he needed those people part of that was he was fearful um, but he also recognized he just recognized his need for others and and then beyond that his, his father-in-law, Jethro, comes through and says, hey, you need more people than you even realize. And helps him to, to understand uh, his, that, that he can't lead this community on his own, that he couldn't do it all. And we're just like that. You know, those of us that, that find ourselves in positions of leadership, oftentimes we think we, we can do it all on our own. We can't. We need others, we, and we have to admit that need, because it is not good for us to be alone. And so the, this, this is an absolutely critical thing, and that requires humility. That requires a level of self-awareness that says, I can't do it on my own. I don't have the strength to do it on my own. I don't have the power to do it on my own. I need others. God was right. Right? I need others because it is not good for me to be alone. Um, so we need to admit wrongdoing. We need to admit not knowing. We need to admit that others are necessary. We, and then these last two things um, are, are super practical. Um, and these last, these last two uh, ways that these things play out I think go farther than maybe anything else um, to build trust to build uh, loving kindness in your relationships as a leader and uh, and that is that when there are successes when you have success, reflect that success to others right um, you know because you're able to admit that, that you you need other people, you can in turn reflect success back to them, right? So as you're serving with a team, if there's great success, if you guys experience or taste some success, you reflect that back to the team. You reflect that back to the people who have trusted you, who are following you, who are who are running alongside of you, in whatever mission uh, that that you're pursuing. So you reflect that back. Conversely, when there's failure. You, you take the hit. You take the hit in the failure. You, you be the one to say, I'll own that. I'm the leader. Uh, I'm out front. I'm going to take, I'm taking that hit. And you protect those on your team um, from, from the failures. This, this is what good leadership looks, this is what humble leadership looks like. It's not passing the buck. It's not. It's not allowing things to roll downhill. No, you you take ownership. You take ownership of of the failures, and you reflect. You reflect the the success of um, you reflect the successes uh, that that your team that your team experiences. So, uh, hum- humility. Principle number one in leading with grace is humility. Uh, so I would I'd encourage you uh, to, to do some work there and uh, and to really truly really kind of work work through this, right? If you're a leader and and you you you're kind of wrestling with the pride and humility thing, uh, spend some time, spend some time over the next few days. Just kind of trying to, to dig down and get a sense of who you are. What are the things that you're good at? What are the things that, that you're not so good at? The things that you're good at, man, sharpen those, go after those, build those up. The things that you're not so good at, admit that you're not good at them and then find others to come alongside of you in those areas um, and trust them and say, I don't know and, and, and empower them uh, to to lead in those places where you're weak. So, uh, my friends, thank you. Thank you for stopping by to the podcast this week. And, uh, and until next week, love well.